Hi everyone, I'm Joel Premack and welcome to the Community-Led Growth Show. Each week, I will be speaking with community leaders to share insights with you all on how to build a community-led growth company. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, I'm Joel Premack, host of the Community-Led Growth Show. Today, I'm joined by Nisha Bakshi, head of community at Gong. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Nisha. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, for those of you who've been with us from the very beginning of the Camila Growth Show, you may have seen Nisha's earlier episode, but we are back today to talk about all things Gong community. So we are diving into the conversation with just a quick, easy question of, would you please give everyone a 30 second intro about yourself in case they didn't get to watch that first episode? Yep, yep. Um, so uh, thank you for, for having me, Joel. Really excited to be here. Um, head of community at Gong, been at the company for um, just a bit over a year now. So really excited to, to meet that one year mark. Um, built the, uh, thank you very much, um, you know, built our community from, from nothing um, to something in, um, you know, less than less than 90 days, I think from when I first built the community to um, started building the community to the time that we launched it. I think it was like 80 something days or 70, 76 days or 82 days, something like that. So really kind of went, went, went for it there. Um, you know, my, my background with communities has always been, you know, from the lens of utilizing communities to really like build a better product and to drive, um, to drive adoption and specifically developer adoption for you know APIs, SDKs, um, just to to leverage um, to, to leverage those those types of solutions. Um, so yeah, I've been in community for you know well well over a decade. Um, I got into the space by actually just running a community meetup group for fun, and um, I grew that um, uh, that uh, that meetup called SV New Deck to over fifteen thousand people. And um, someone from Microsoft approached me and said, did you know that this could be your full-time job? And I was like shocked out of my brain. And I said, what? Like, you want me to do this? And um, sort of the rest is the rest is history. You know, I really did that under a you know, product marketing and developer marketing lens and using you know, the developer community as a tool to sort of you know, push forward in advance you know, some of the products that, that we were building. But now that the profession has developed and matured in such a way that, you know, company, people are seeing it as more than just a tool or a driver, you know, for the product, product roadmap even. And, and I think it is, it is so much more, so much more than that. And I think that's why it really just deserves a, a seat at the table. And I'm just really, really lucky to be here. And, you know, I will say one other thing that I'm um, really excited about, and I, I'm really proud of with Gong is that. You know, I I joined this company when a community had already existed. Like people love Gong, people love our product. People are always talking about it. They're raving about it on LinkedIn. Like Joel being one of those people. Like I love Gong. Gong's so awesome. And you know, I just had the pleasure of being able to build a. Um, I, we call our our customers raving fans, and I I feel like I had an opportunity to build a a, a place for our fans to rave. And so, um, in, in, in a deeper, in a deeper way with other people that love, that love Gong. So I'm just really, I feel really fortunate for, for my position. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And yes, I definitely am a raving fan of Gong. I love <laughs> it and I'm thrilled to be able to use it now at my current company, 
but we are diving into the meat now of today's conversation. So okay. when building out the community at Gong, what was the process to decide which activities and their values would be rewarded for active members? Yeah. So, I mean, the way that I thought about the community was like, I'm not building this for myself. And honestly, I'm not building this for Gong. I told everyone at Gong, I, I'm sure you've got a whole list of things that you like to see, but it's not, it's not about you. It's about our raving fans. And everyone was like, yeah, of course, we totally agree with you because in the suite of the things that you can do in building a community, there's what your company wants or thinks that you should do. There is what your whatever tool or platform allows for it to happen. And then there's what your customers actually want and need. So the best way to start is ignore these, this part of it and really focus on your customers. And what I did was when I joined the company, I said, okay, who are the top customers that we want to emulate? And so what I did was I took slices of, um, you know, people that were spending time in other platforms, um, people that were providing a lot of product feedback, some of our design partners, people that were spending a ton of time in product, our Gong admins, or we call Gong program managers that were actually configuring the Gong instance within their company. Um, you know, people that were, were, have been at the company for, or have been using Gong since the beginning um, with us and have grown, grown with us and watch us grow up. I mean, and also people that have a high propensity to attend, um, you know, marketing type of events. So like if they had gone to celebrate and they had spent time, which is our, our, our big user conference that we have, you know, once a year, had they gone to some webinars. So I, I sliced all of that information. I found our top 100 customers and I interviewed all of them either on the phone one-on-one -on -one or basically sent them a survey. And I said, tell me, like, what do you want? And then I basically created a list of, okay, this is like, it is very clear that this is everything that people want. And what I realized was everything that we wanted was possible in the community tool that we bought, except for one thing. And so I said, okay, cool. I now I need to augment whatever tool that I was, that I, the platform that we had purchased with this one thing so that it becomes whole. And so that's how I, that's how I started the, the community and, you know, why I felt really confident and I have this great confidence in what the community can bring to the world because I asked. And a lot of times people just get excited and they just want to build things and they make assumptions, but you just have to ask your customers. And uh, so that's what led us to uh, where we are today. Awesome. And I definitely agree that just listening and asking best way to go about building community without assuming or else you're going to go through what I've kind of dubbed what I believe to be a community correction. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we're constantly talking about like, first of all, I definitely believe in like launching fast. So like MVP it, get it out the door, understand like what are the top five things that people want and, and make it happen. But like very similar to the way that we think about, you know, building products at, at companies. I was at a startup, was head of marketing at a startup before this. And, you know, um, the CEO of the company, she basically re reverse engineered the product based on, you know, what the ICP wanted, like the key persona. And so, you know, with that same lens, you have to think about, well, is there community market fit? Is there community product fit? And sometimes the answer isn't to build your own community. Sometimes the answer is I need to, what, what are existing 
um, communities, like third party communities that might exist that I want to build, like I want to snap into and spend more time. Um, not every company needs to have its own community. Um, it, it might, it might not make sense. So I urge people that are listening to this podcast, if you are thinking about building a community, go through the exercise to whether, is there a community product fit? Is there a community market fit? And when I go through that exercise, like is, can, are the goals that I want to accomplish? Is that possible with something that somebody else has all, already created? No need, no, no need to reinvent the wheel. Not everybody needs to like white label Facebook and build their own community. Definitely would agree. And that's something that I've also explored some in this season and hopefully we'll spend more time with in season two and beyond of really exploring companies that are going that third party route of building communities because yeah. I find that very interesting. And I know it's something that uh, Gong has done some too by partnering with Pavilion and other organizations, but. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we are strong partners with other great community groups. And I mean, that's definitely, a that's a really great way to start out. And that's what, that's what we've done. And when we saw that there was a lot of interest there and we knew like we had reached a point in the business where, you know, we were constantly getting our executives were getting emails, like, how do I connect with other people like me? And that was when we had reached a point where like, this needs to happen, um, that we need to create like a, a, a function around this. And, um, and I, you know, and it's, it's proving to be really valuable. We're still early. Like, I think we're, you know, a, a toddler, I think our community's in its toddler stages. It's still crawling. It's learning to, you know, it hopefully will walk in, you know, in the next year or so, but, um, you know, really, really excited the prospect. Wonderful. Well, as you just touched on your executive team was getting emails asking from other customers to connect with other customers. So following that same line, really, how do you show the ROI of the community that you've built today to the leadership team at Gong? What a fun and exciting question, which everybody loves this question and everyone answers it. I think like more or less the, like the same way. I mean, I think that there's, you know, three different ways that you can look at goals. And I think that's why we have, you know, OKRs or, um, you know, people have KPIs, scorecard metrics, um, is it, you know, how are you laddering up to sort of like the broader, the broader business goals, um, but sort of starting, um, you know, the way that I, I need to measure success and I, I spend time in the community is I look at, um, you know, at a, at a, at just an engagement level, like are people coming back? Are people enjoying themselves? Are people, you know, bringing other people into the community? Um, and I use a framework uh, called Cranes. So Cranes is a way to measure on a daily basis. And um, I'll send you, I, I need to write a blog post on the topic. I haven't yet, it's still in my mind, um, but it's really like, um, you know, are we, are we collaborating with other people? Are we, um, are we engaging in, in the right ways? Um, are we sharing news? Like, are, is, is there just enough like engagement at the community level? And then the framework that I think about it from like a departmental standpoint and like kind of connecting the dots with other cross, I mean, community is cross-functional. Everybody can agree on, on that. Um, and so I like to follow the model of like the spaces model that CMX has created and David Spinks has really popularized. Um, and so that is, you know, thinking about, um, you know, su uh, support, um, support, product acquisition, content engagement and success. 
And, um, you know, success is the org that I sit in. I report directly to our chief, uh, our chief customer officer. And we're always thinking about, okay, well, how can the community help support like, you know, our, our, our renewals and upsells, um, you know, as in starting from actually the beginning from the, the S from support, everyone's always talking about case deflection. That's something that's really helpful. Product number of product feedback. Um, also, um, a, you know, A is for acquisition. So measuring how many people um, end up becoming customers that were spent time in the community. I can share a little bit more about that um, when I talk about the higher the higher level um, content. It's like really is are we getting are we getting are we igniting are we exciting are raving fans enough that they're like oh my god yes I like want to I want to like write this awesome post and you know someone you know Molly somebody had Molly had noticed that someone was really active in the community and she just reached out to them and said, hey, like, do you wanna like write a post on this topic? And someone was so excited, they like sent her like a five page document on something of like, and nobody, no, unless you're in the Gong community and you're a Gong customer, like you will not care about this. But like, there are so many people that care about this that like they were so excited to write this five page thing and they want everybody in the community to like read this, this like, you know, ode to Gong, but also how to like turn things on and the buttons to press so that you know, they can use Gong, you know, in a way that nobody else has really thought of, which I love. So like that content piece is exciting and that, you know, kind of feeds into that engagement. And then the, the success piece, which is, um, you know, why I sit in the, the, you know, sit in the customer org is because, you know, 98%, 95 to 98% of our customer or, or the people in our community are customers. And so really just making sure that they have like all of the information that they need um, to be successful in their, in their instance. Awesome. Um, and then, okay, so so that was like the second layer, and so the higher layer, and like this is what I, this is like the nut that everyone is trying to crack. So I will tell you how we are thinking about it at Gong. Here is our strategy. So every I sit in the success org, so I think about NDR. Um, I know a lot of my peers um, are sit in various you know functions. Some sit are some are in support, some are in you know education, some sit in marketing, some. I've seen like uh, uh, Salesforce, you know, Trailblazer community sat in the product team for a decade plus. Um, they're now in marketing. So everybody's kind of all over the place, but everyone can uh, align on one thing is everyone cares about, are we driving it, for a B2B SaaS company? Are we driving business value? Business value equals dollars. And so from a customer success lens, we think about NDR. So you know, NDR is broken down into ARR, upsells and renewals, um, you know, subtracting churn, and then dividing all of that by ARR again, right? So that's the formula for NDR. And then, you know, the ARR is obviously annual recurring revenue. So if you just look at that piece of what the formula of, of NDR, and also thinking about, well, also the company is always thinking about cost savings, then what you should be doing is laddering up or spending time thinking about how does my community help with these different things? So here's a couple of things that I've done in the community and then I'll give some other specific ideas for people to, to think about. The first is with ARR influence. I was very particular and very early on, and this, this was you know Iran's vision, our chief customer officer, this was his vision, very early on was, I think we should have a hybrid community. And I agreed with that because I definitely think 
Gong does such a great job at showcasing how awesome they are as a company. But if you can see the community and you can see how you are treated as a customer before you become a customer and you're like, wow, you also roll out the red carpet for me when I become a customer? Yes, we do. And you can see that in the community. And so what we've done is um, part of the community is open to the public. And I can now see people that are joining the community before they become customers and then see the activity that they take. And then I see that they become a customer later. And now I can pinpoint exactly who, who and when they were in the community. And I can, I can call that AR influence. So that's like a huge win already in and of itself. And that is like, that is, that is showcasing that the community is a touch point in the sales cycle. And so the old school thinking was like the rule of seven, seven touches equals to sale. I think it's like bigger now because there are so many, you know, sales cycles have gotten like longer and bigger. And there's just a lot more, um, just a lot more activity that happens. And, you know, the buyers are much more well-educated. So this is like an opportunity to continue to educate the market. So that's one piece of it. And then the other piece of it is, is, and is really understanding how we're impacting renewals and upsells. And from a correlation standpoint, we can see if you're in a in the community, you are two and a half X more likely to upsell at a higher rate. Like this is a big deal. And that just means that like your best customers are in the community. So what that means is you want, you know, my dad always says birds of a feather flock together. So you want all of, if you're a CSM and you're listening to this, this podcast, you want to get all of your customers in the community because you want them to be like the other people that are in the community that are really making things happen. So that's like something that, you know, you should really, um, you should really consider. Um, so I would just say like, those are like the, the key things. Um, and also from like a cost savings perspective, that's like why support case deflection ends up being a really big deal um, is when you start thinking about, well, people are asking questions in the community. Um, you know, for us, we used to have people that would give feature requests to support like years ago. Now that goes to the community and that saves support dollars as well. I mean, there's a lot of cost savings like built, built into community. So you know, I really urge people to think about that. And finally, Joel, I did just want to touch on what's very important as well is every company always has like, just like spend time with your CEO, really be very clear about like, what are the top three things that they're trying to drive for the year? And just make sure that you have tacti uh, tactics. I try to put tactics and campaigns together, tactanes, tactics and campaigns and programs that naturally uh, mesh with those like broader initiatives and those broader goals. And if you are connecting those dots and all those different layers, like you are set up for a winning formula, but that is only if you can get that bottom layer, right? Like the engagement piece. You can set all of this up, but if people aren't like spending time in the community, like none of this is going to happen. So, you know, for me, I'm constantly, I'm spending time here. I'm challenging our team every day is how do we, you know, I tell Molly, Molly, I built this house. It's your job to make it a home, but it's my job to bring people to our house, to like, to our party that we've built, that we have in our house. So I'm really focused on this year on, you know, a, uh, awareness and engagement. 
And so, you know, if year one was about building, year two is about engaging and year three is scale. Like next year, I want to get all of the fundamentals in place this year. And I, I want next year, I just, I, you know, I want it to take off like a rocket ship. I want our raving fans to know what exactly what to do to be empowered, to be their live their best lives in the community, to be influencers, to up-level themselves in their career and to bring the profession forward. Well, that was a lot. I'm so sorry if I just went, I'm so excited about this topic and I'm so happy you asked. No, I was just sitting here. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin now after that. It was so <laughs> amazing. But I'll start with this. of you When you were saying that your community is actually open to all, both yes. customers and prospects or anyone mm -hmm. in the market who's in a revenue role, um, it made me think about how, in a way, that's actually like a nurture email campaign. It's just that subtle reminder that periodically they'll hop in, they'll see something, they'll read it. They'll be like, ooh, that's helpful. Or like, that's cool. Can that's we do that in our current tool maybe? Or yep. things like that, just to where it almost like, it just keeps it a little bit top of mind. So thank you so much for making me kind of realize that I had never thought about that, but I love well, it. It's like, it is. And so we have very clear rules in the gong community, no prospecting allowed, like very serious, you know, ramifications for like, mm -hmm. we don't tie it to nurture emails, anything like that. It is not at all. Like it is just about creating an authentic, you know, environment for people to yeah. share. And so what's wonderful about that is, is people feel like they, they feel comfortable. They feel comfortable and they feel like happy happy, happy to share knowing, you know, knowing that, you know, they're not going to be like, you know, spammed with some email and also everybody, all of, all, all of your buyers, all of your potential community members, everyone is so smart and people want to arrive at conclusions on their own. And I want to give people the ability to do that. I know that you, Joel, are smart enough to figure out whether or not you want to buy gong. I just want to give you the tool so that you can figure it out. I don't need to sell to you. I know that our, I know that our community will sell itself. I know that our product will sell itself. I just want, you know, if you're looking for something about revenue intelligence, I know that you're going to look it up on Google. I know that you're going to spend time. I know that you're going to spend time on our website. I know you're probably going to hit up some of our, you know, previous webinars and now you get to see the community too. And you get to see that in action. I love that. And, and then I you can email me and then you email, I don't, I won't email you, but then you can email, you know, like you become an inbound lead and you, you get, if you book a demo on your own, mm -hmm. like, I'm not trying to get you to book a demo. It's up to you. I'll give you all the information so that you can get, make an informed decision and you can learn about you know, the category that we've created so that you can learn, you can learn from other customers or other non-customers. And I'll build, if you never want to be a customer, totally fine. If you just want, if you're like, I know that there are some really smart people in this community, and I just want to make friends with them. We have, we have places you can live and hang out and meetups that you can join and one-on-one, -on -one, you know, uh, you know, like one-on-one, -on -one, um, a program called Meetsy that you can take advantage of, which I told you about last time, which I love yeah. do that. Go for it. We want, we want that. We want to elevate the profession as a whole. Definitely. And I love that approach of 
essentially creating like a safe space for those to be vulnerable, ask those questions, yes. um, make connections with their peers, learn whether it's up-leveling, whether it's kind of cross-skilling too in terms of learning and better understanding the admin perspective and capabilities, or if you're an ops or enablement, like learning more about what a rep kind of goes through day to day could be a way to gain value from this as well, it sounds so like so. Awesome. So true, so true. Well, now that we just talked about metrics and how you show value, I'm really curious, we're gonna take a step back now and discuss some learnings that you've had and would feel comfortable sharing about your community building journey for the last year while you've been at Gong. Oh my gosh. So I heard someone else say this and I was like, oh my God, this is so true. And I say this a lot to people is it's all unscalable until it becomes scalable. Community is, you know, it's existed for, you know, our whole, you know, as long as we've existed as human beings. And it's about just like bringing people together and bringing together people together requires work. It requires human work. It were keeping your family together to make sure that you stay in touch with everybody. Everyone, you know, reaches out for each other's birthdays that you get together for all the holidays that takes work. And that means manual work. That means like figuring out who are the top people in the community by spending time with them, by giving them a call, checking in with them. That means every new person has joined the community for a specific reason figuring out what that reason is and making sure that they are pointed in the right place. Um, a lot of that is like Molly Kipnis is brilliant. She will literally greet everyone with a personal note. It is not a copy paste something. It is not automated. It is, I want to understand like your relationship with Gong and I want to understand your role and I will greet you in a way that is like very specific to you and help you on your journey um, with Gong. It is not about the community. It is about how to progress our customers through their journey using Gong with whatever that means. Whether And, and uh, by the way, like a lot of times people will land up in the community and they should be spending time in the academy learning. We have an academy that is amazing. Steph Pellegrino has built a wonderful program. Um, and by the way, she just launched the, um, the academy, a, a, a public version of the academy to the public as well called Unlock Potential. And it is fantastic because people now can learn about how to use Gong uh, and how we use Gong internally, uh, externally. And that is important to really unlock potential, which I love the name of that website. So, um, you know, that's kind of how I, how I've been, uh, thinking about it. There's a second piece to your question. Learnings about building community at Gog. Yes. Um, I mean, I think, so I, I definitely think, you know, cross-functional, um, uh, cross-functional, um, buy-in is important. I spoke to, a hundred people cross-functionally before I built the community. I'm not kidding. I counted. I literally counted. And then I made like a star Wars, like it, like video thanking everyone once the community was live, because I asked for a hundred different favors from people, like some from like, Hey, can you like press this button in Salesforce all the way to, can you like 
I don't know, spent five hours of your time, like doing, you know, like writing a post and talking to your team about this and giving, you know, just giving some of your time back um, before even seeing the results. So I think cross-functional alignment is important. One of the things that I'd like to see as a whole for the community profession is to elevate to the point where they're dedicated departments that are um, in, in community is a very important um, is a strategic initiative within the company to really scale how we talk to our customer. Customer experience is very, very important. And I, I believe that community is really pivotal and central to that. And I don't mean just like community, you know, the place to live. I mean, community in the broader sense of like really nurturing your customer community and their journey. And, um, you know, I would, I would just say like, you know, working, if you're not already reporting, you know, into within the organization, you know, somebody that, you know, has a lot of, um, you know, influence within the organization, then you try to build up that influence by spending time with other leaders and really giving them the opportunity to see the potential in community and showing them your enthusiasm and your excitement. And they'll just, they'll just be floored. And they're, oh my God, I didn't even think about this. You know, now our, now our, you know, co-founder and chief product officer, you know, he's looking at all of the, like every, like every single product feature request that comes in through the community. We've had hundreds. He goes through every single one of them. <laughs> he's in the community. Elon is always in the community so much so that we now have a, a dedicated, you know, if you're a customer and you want to give, you know, product feedback and we have opportunities for you to share, you have your own special group in the community and, you know, Elon spends time in there. So does the rest of our amazing product team. It's created by Yael, you know, Navon and Akshay Verma. And I'm just so impressed with them. And I mean, it's so, it's just so cool to like see the evolution of community. It, it really is. I'm so, so impressed with everyone, I, everyone that's doing things that I, I'm like, I'm not even really doing much because they just love it so much. But that's awesome. Where it's almost like they're seeing that like little couple ounces of value. So now they're like fully bought in. And as you said, it just goes all the way up to a co-founder, of the product, or like co-founder of Gong, who's the chief product officer spending time. That's significant high stakes of them being bought into it and seeing the value. So I think that that's a great learning. Thank you. So true. Yeah, no, thank you. To wrap up our episode, because I know that we're coming up a little bit on time, what yeah. are your three B2B SaaS community trends that you're watching for in 2022 and beyond? So I guess I'll start with the trend that I'm trying to create. And I think this might be like the background um, in which I come from. So I've either worked at like massive giant big companies or I've worked at like tiny little startups. And I think I've been more at home at smaller startups because of their, um, you know, they're indexing heavily on experimentation. I believe that community, community managers need to spend more time experimenting and trying things. And if it doesn't work, just doing a really good job at sunsetting it. So it's really easy to be like, oh, well, like this community did a super user program. I have to do a super user program. Do you need to build a super user program? Maybe, maybe not, right? Maybe you can do like a light touch nurture, you know, like 15 minute one-on-ones with like the top 10 people in your community once a quarter, 
and you know you can snap into an existing program that's what i'm that's what my plan is and i'm working with the marketing team they already have a revenue champions program for the top you know people at the you know top customers in the community um, at the company or at use that use gong well why don't we why don't we ask them to take actions in the community as part of that program there i built a super user program so like being efficient but also in terms of experimentation being very clear I want to test out this one particular persona and see if this particular piece of content lands. This is, this is my pass-fail criteria for the experiment. This is how long I'm going to run the experiment, two weeks. This is how much time I'm going to dedicate to it, one to two hours. And if I don't hit this criteria, I'm never going to do this again. I've had several failed experiments in the community, and I'm not going to do them again because it didn't work. And I, and, I, and I have a log. I'm like, okay, Nisha, you failed in these four things. You did a really great job in these eight things. So don't do those four things again, but do these eight things. And that's what happens when you're at a startup. And when you're in a community, you're in a startup, you're running your own company. You're, you're, you're your own product manager. You are you know, managing your own business. So you need to make sure that you're spending time in the right places. So I'm really, I really encourage experimentation. Well, cheese and crackers, I should write a book on it. For community for community because i just you know hate when i see some of my peers really spent time being like well what are other people doing and they feel like they have to do it and they're wasting valuable time instead of like getting to the root of what can really you know up level their customers that are using the community or their community members and you know even their um you know their 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 peers at the company okay trend number one trend number two um, which is, isn't really a trend. It needs to be like a deeper baseline of like who we are as people and everyone. And I, I'm pretty sure every time you ask this question, everyone is like, you know, DEIB or whatever people like, you know, diversity, you know, equity, inclusion, and belonging, um, I think is, it is really, it is really important. Um, you know, uh, just foundationally. And the way that you build that into community is like, you have to be, you have to be thoughtful about it. You need to be really strategic about the meetups that you're creating, the groups that you're creating, and not even just the groups that you're creating, but who are the people that you are empowering within those groups to take leadership roles? Are we all, are we asking all the same kind of person to do the one thing, or are we pushing ourselves? to ask other people to take on these types of roles. So I do think that's important. And that's something that I'm always thinking about. And I'm so bullish. I, you know, it kind of reminds me of this, um, this Warren Buffett quote, um, or maybe it wasn't a quote, but it was just, just something that he had said was like, he said, I'm really bullish on America because for a really long time, we just indexed on like the white male workforce. And if we open that up beyond this, I know America can just, you know, I just really believe in the U.S. economy. And I think about that and I'm like, wow, that's the same with everything, including the community. Like if we have historically indexed in one particular group and then maybe like smattering of other groups and we've accomplished so much as a society, if we were to actually, you know, kind of broaden that a little bit. There's a lot more there. So I think DEI is something. Um, another thing that's really close to my heart is being able to give back to the to people is like, if I'm going to use my skill set in this platform to bring people together to use Gong better, 
I should also be using this platform to bring people together so that they can, they can save the world together. You know, I'm on the board of the American Red Cross. Why don't I spend the, the end of like 10 minutes of every single meetup on teaching people how to do hands-only CPR? It could save a life. It's just something to think about. And I don't know if we're, as a community, we're thinking, you know, a profession, we're thinking about giving back in that way. But if we're bringing people together, we should also be thinking about how do we move forward as a society? And um, I haven't done like as much here as I'd like, um, but it's something that I think about a lot and I wanna do it, I wanna do it right. This is something where, yes, we can do some experiments here, but this is something that needs to be more foundational in communities. And then um, you're gonna be mad because I'm gonna give you a fourth, but- It's um, all good. Okay, but, uh, but also like, I mean, I think everyone is, you know, we're always talking about, you know, a hybrid model. And I think when we talk about meetups, historically, it's always been like location-based. And I definitely think that there is an opportunity to, th to think more broad broadly on you know how how we are engaging people and more about indexing these meetups on who they are as people before like where where they are because now we know people are all over the place like and so if if I can connect with you know another Indian woman who is in community and also happens to live in the Bay Area that is a stronger connection point than just like other people that live in the Bay Area that use Gong. That's different. And so I think that we have an opportunity to be able to bring people together in those deeper ways. And that's why I think, you know, having a, a program like Meetsy is so important because you can index for those types of things. I'm done. Awesome. <laughs> I love all of those trends. Yeah. And the fourth one was great too. So it's all good that you added a fourth but thank you again so much for being on the community like growth show today it's always a pleasure nisha if people want to follow and or connect with you after listening to this episode what are the best handles and or channels for them to do so i mean linkedin is probably the best for me so just look me up nisha bakshi um and then i think you can can you add it to your show notes like the link yep um, I'm on Twitter. I don't tweet as much as I would like, but feel free to tweet at me and I'll, you know, message you back in a month, but <laughs> I'll find it. I'll find it eventually. I need to be better on Twitter. Um, or maybe not. Maybe the reason why I'm not active on Twitter is I'm not getting a lot out of it for what I need. So who knows? Uh, LinkedIn though. I, I spend time on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and have a great day. Yeah. Thanks, Joel. Bye.